Welcome back and happy new year to another episode of Pro Tri News. We are not your typical podcast. We have a wide range of hosts along with differing opinions, connections, and knowledge about the sport. Uh, we're going to unpack a little bit more stuff this season as we get ready for 2022 um, and the off season and everything in between. So I'm your host, Kyle Glass, uh, coming at you from Oklahoma City. We are also joined by athlete agent Pat Lemieux from Boulder, Colorado. Hey, guys. You know, and I think I wanted to just address on the show, normally we give an update of what's going on in Boulder. Uh, obviously, the last two weeks have been really uh, tough for this community. I know Talbot's lived here for quite a while. Um, I just, you know, really wanted to to send love to people that were uh, affected by the fires. I, I, I unfortunately, I had to drive through um, the, the burned areas the other day running some errands and, and it's just devastating. So really tough couple weeks here in Boulder, um, but it's been really cool to see the community rally and I just wanted to acknowledge that here quickly on the bottom. Awesome. Uh, we also are joined by Mr. Mark Matthews. Mark does doing? everything across the pond. Yeah, it's a lovely sunny day at uh, County Cross Country Champs, may say. I wasn't running, don't worry. Did a little bit of clapping. It was in a vineyard. But I'm on dry January, believe it or not, so I didn't wow. even indulge. Yeah, it got to the point where I, I realised I, I probably needed to address it rather than it just be a health kick thing. It's probably a lifestyle change. So, you know, see if I could do it for a month. And if I'm being honest, it's actually not been as easy as I thought and I would like it to have been, which probably says it was the right decision to give it a go. Um, so, yeah, Kat took me to a vineyard whilst I'm trying to kick the booze. That's the sort of wife I'm married to. Cruel. Amazing. I did a sober uh, October the- once and it turned into 14 months of uh, alcohol free. So... You might be getting into something pretty crazy here, Mark. Oh no, 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 no! I've got, I've got <laughs> nights out scheduled on the first of February. We're not playing that game, Pat. All right, perfect. Mark, Mark, is uh, Patrick aware that you're wearing a Ryzen shirt? Is that allowed? <laughs> I don't know if you. Uh, yeah, that's a really fair point. It's the Esquire Freebie T-shirt. And I'm we're not, based... we're not talking about. We're talking. We got to be. We got to clarify. Not me, Patrick, but the other, the other Patrick. Patrick Langa. Patrick Langer. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. When I when I said to um, I said to Jan, I need to nip into the Ryzen store and buy a uh, buy Patrick a gift, and Jan offered to pay for it, um, oh. which I quite liked. <laughs> but no, no, this is a freebie race t-shirt. Freebie race shirt. We also have uh, Talbot Cox VR aficionado. I think Talbot's been hooked onto his VR and uh, has managed to punch maybe several walls and holes in his walls and break his eyes. I have. I, I gotta admit, my shoulder hurts right now because I was swinging a sword in this game, this battle royale game, and then just recently, about an hour ago, I smacked the wall so hard with my right arm, and I think my wrist. I don't want to say it's broke. I'm not that dramatic, but it it, it hurts. You're it's a real athlete, too. man. You're a real athlete. I know. Talbot. I know. I know. And, and and I will say this: I am uh, since the start of the year. My new resolution this year was to uh, less time on social media. I deleted all social media. And that's, it's a week now, and I've just replaced it with Oculus. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not sure. If, I'm not sure if that's really. Are we leveling up there? Is that that just yeah. seems like a real lateral move? That's all. That's true. That's true. That's true. And I had the vid, but I got over that. Oh, unbelievable! All right, we have a guest today. We're joined by James from Race Ranger. We've been talking about uh, bringing him on to kind of discuss what Race Ranger is, um, how it's going to benefit the sport um the future of triathlon with it and everything in between so james thanks for joining us today thanks guys good to be here james let the audience know where are we where are you calling in from where are we talk where are you live from yeah so i'm in wanaka in new zealand um, amazing down under so middle of summer yeah in the mountains. unreal unreal you know look i i just think it's so great to have you on the pod today um you know a theme that we've spoken about time and time and time again is is drafting uh, we talk about the different draft zones. We talk about how penalties should be, you know, probably given out. Uh, were they a little too strict? Were they not strict? So to have you on, I would love to hear about your product, but, uh, maybe we go into your product first, and then I'm going to just probably get some of your opinions on where you think the rules are, where you think they should go and how you could integrate race ranger into that. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. So um, I think just, yeah, just first off, just uh, tell us about, tell us about your product. Yeah. So um, you guys might've probably seen it come out early November last year. We, we put out some press around uh, what Race Ranger is for the first time. 
um, something we've been working on for a long, long time, uh, seriously for about six years. Um, but we actually started, Dylan and I started working on it back in about 2012 as I was retiring. Um, so what it is basically is, is two devices that each athlete's given before the race. Um, they fit one to the front of their bike and one to the rear. And the rear one has effectively a bike light on it pointing backwards. Um, and it gives a signal to the rider that's following them as to how close they are. And so the signal changes flash pattern and color depending on how close you get. Um, and so the system is really accurately measuring the distance between those two riders and all the other riders in the vicinity. Um, that's the first sort of thing it does. Secondly, it's in communication with the referees who are still out there on the course, still patrolling the course with um, on the back of motorbikes generally. And um, they view the information coming off the bike devices on a tablet and they can then decide what to do with it, whether they apply a penalty um, or just a warning or, or don't do anything at all. So basically we're giving the athletes a pretty clear measurement of how close they are. So there's no sort of subjectivity there anymore. And they can see this, this light of obviously clearly when they're in and when they're out. Um, and everyone around them can see that too. If there's a referee in this area, they can also see those lights. Um, but secondly, yeah, giving those referees um, more information than they currently have so they can make better decisions, basically. Okay. And then just un want to understand the way it works. Imagine that, you know, the five of us are in a, in a pack together. I come into the draft zone for you uh, and I'm riding behind you, James. Is there a light that flashes? Does the light get brighter? Does it change colors? What am I seeing? Yeah. So the light um, immediately in front of you is the one that's relevant to you at all times. Okay. So if you're in a group of five, um, each person, it's the one directly in front of them that they have to watch. Um, now, if you're outside the zone, so say you're 20 meters behind at the moment with the current rules, I know we need to talk about changing those at some point, yeah. but you're 20 meters at the moment, nothing's happening. The devices are aware of each other, but they're not showing you any information yet because you don't need to know. Um, if we're working off a 12 meter rule, which is you know, we'll triathlon rule, um, we've set two buffer zones. So uh, 16 meters and 14 meters where you'll get some, some information. Um, so at 16 meters, you'll, you'll see a light for the first time. That will sort of be a slow sort of flash. Uh, when you get to 14 meters, that becomes a faster flash. And then when you get to cross that 12 meters, it changes color and goes quite crazy at you. Um, and so we're not totally set on those distances that that might change a bit in the yeah. upcoming sort of race testing with athletes. Um, it may be that maybe we need just one buffer zone or maybe it needs to be bigger. We're not really sure on that exactly yet until we get out on the road with, with athletes. Um, but that's quite easy to sort of tweak um, with the technology. But um, yeah, you'll have some sort of warning. Ideally, you want to sit as close as you can, right? But not cross the line because as soon as you cross into that zone, you're meant to complete a pass. Um, but yeah, in reality, referees will often just let you drop back a little bit. But, um, and if and if I'm riding, let's say, too close to you, and I get you know sub 12 meters, and I'm at 11 meters for 30 seconds, that will there will be some sort of relay that then goes to the officials that said, look, Pat was in inside the draft zone for what we calculated at 30 plus seconds. Um, and it could have happened six different times while the referees weren't around. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So we define this illegal time. So any time over your allowed 25 seconds, um, either dropping back, sorry, entering or dropping back from a zone, um, but also whether you yo-yo in and out. So if you enter a zone, but then drop straight back out again, that's technically illegal. So that whole time you spent in there is, is counted as a legal time. And all that illegal time is being transmitted to the referees locally. Um, and yeah, they will only be shown the worst offenders. So the, you know, the app works out who are the worst ones. So if you're only cheating, you know, if you only overstep by five seconds, that's probably not going to get you on their radar, but, um, yeah, if so, you're continuously doing it, it'll keep showing up. So in theory, let's imagine we're out on the queen K and the referees, they could be not with the group, but they could get information that in the third group, Mark is really drafting off of Kyle and he's got a bunch of information that says, you know, look, Mark has been spent way too much time in the draft zone. The official could pull over, wait for that. Uh, yeah. You know, the two guys that are last in the race to come by, keep an eye on them and say, well, is there actually, you know, I'd like to see firsthand what these infractions look like. Yeah, exactly. Like you've all been racing along and there's a referee with you and you know, you, you know, yeah. you, you clean, but you're like, what the hell is going on? Like a kilometer wait behind on. me or ahead of me. Yeah. And so the referee, no matter where they are, you know, within reason can see what's going on ahead and behind them. 
and you know go to that place. They don't have to be right there anymore. So it'll change everyone's behavior. James, from a technology standpoint, is there going to be transmitters across the course? Does the referee have to be within a certain distance of the receivers? How does that work? Yes. Yeah, so there's no like infrastructure. It doesn't rely on cell towers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So the referees have a have like a modem, a gateway that mm-hmm. is like a roving network. Okay. okay. So all the devices are outputting illegal information. And if there's a referee within range, which there should always sort of be, um, they'll pick that up as they go along. And there's, you know, quite a good range of these things. We've said sort of five to 10 kilometers. We think a reasonable, you know, a usable range might only be sort of two to three miles, a couple of kilometers mm-hmm. um, before it gets sort of too far ahead or behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really good range on that technology. So you know, no sort of base stations or anything required to be added to the course. All right. So many, many times on this podcast, we've spoken about, you know, what, what currently, I mean, really, you know, with the current rules, uh, you know, 12 meters, you are, you are still benefiting from some draft. Uh, will, will you and race ranger take a stance, even if your devices were employed across all professional races tomorrow, what is your opinion of what the draft uh, distance should be? Um, I think the, um, the 20 meters seems to work pretty well. Um, it, it, I've, we've seen it sort of become um, quite hard to manage at that distance sometimes. So, I mean, anything's better than 12, right? So 15, 16, whatever number they land on, 20 metres. Um, yeah, the, the Ironman guys in particular seem, you know, Jimmy seems pretty happy with what he's got and, and they think he's got a bit of a challenge there from, from a lot of the pros. So there's a discussion to be had. Um, maybe they'll find a happy medium of around 15, which is obviously going to be better and you've got to be, you've got to be pretty in line to get much benefit of that distance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as from to your question, that's not really our, our position We're we're not trying to change anything. We're trying to keep everything as simple as yeah. possible because there's a lot to adapt to. So we're not trying to say, Hey, the rules all need to change as well. So yeah, we're trying to fit yeah. to the current framework. And you're trying to provide objective evidence versus subjective. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, cool. And Sorry, of course, Mark. the big problem is the big problem with the 20 meter is actually it's quite hard to judge as an athlete. Obviously, we're much better at judging smaller distances. As distances get bigger, we become less and less accurate. And 20 meters is quite hard to judge. So, a light system allowing the athlete to take that away from them obviously allows the 20 meter rule to be functional. Of course, yeah, I'm exactly man, like, like this. Yeah. So it's here on you. Last year, yeah, know. like Vince yeah. said, it's, it's it's difficult at twenty. Um, whereas at twelve, it's it's quite easy, and it's also it's harder for a referee to decide your drafting at twelve than it is at twenty because he looks and is at eleven, is that thirteen? Whereas if he looks at twenty, is it fifteen or is it? It's much easier. Yeah. The the other the other element though um, of of that is that Iron Man, of course, have a. Then this is like I know this isn't your product, but Iron Man don't want the drafting distance to be longer for the simple mathematics problem they have at Kona in the age group field. So when Kona was one single wave and you could estimate that 90% of the field would come out between 50 and an hour and 15 minutes, if you divided the amount of people by 12 metres, there wasn't enough road and moving time through it. You you physically couldn't not draft. You you were completely done for. So to extend that draft zone only exacerbates the problems Ironman has with its age group field and it being impossible not to draft. So I think for the pros, it works beautifully to, to, to say 20 metres with this beautiful visible system. But for age groupers, it sounds more difficult. And also with age groupers, with the base stations working every two miles, or not needing a base station, sorry, the roaming um, uh, hotspots or whatever you're using, every two miles, I mean, presumably you're going to need to employ quite a lot of those if you are to branch this out to age group racing. Yeah, so firstly around the um, overcrowding, I guess, I'm in a, they are starting to address that. We see, you know, the wave starts happening. Most races run the world now. Um, the, yeah, it's going to be up to, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be interesting what they, how they react to that. Um, I mean, ultimately, um, athletes want a fair race and um, they're going to have to, am I still there? You're getting some funny looks from me, Mark. Yeah. What, could there, can anyone else hear fireworks going off? No. Nope. I thought that was coming through my headset. Someone's someone's firing fireworks off at twenty minutes past eight on a random. I'm sorry. I honestly thought you there was gunshots out. <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to say, James, don't worry about this, mate. Take cover. Sorry, carry on, carry on. Yeah. So um, they, I mean, 
the overcrowding issue is an issue and, and it's it's something that they're starting to address both all event companies are, are seeing it and athletes don't want too much condition on the course it's it's not as safe and, and that sort of thing um i guess what race ranger will do is only sort of accelerate what's going on there and highlight um these issues more and so um yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens i, I can see a world where perhaps there's a segmentation of the age group field so you you have your, your pros and then you have perhaps uh, you can enter either the competitive section of the age group event where you you get a result, you get a time, you get your Kona qualifier and you pay for the race ranger system as well. And and then maybe there's a Grand Fondo type section, which people will struggle to say, you know, with those people saying that they're an Ironman still, that's sort of probably the challenge. It'll sort of dirty the brand. But um, there's a lot of people who just want to do it once and then they, they'll never come back and they don't they don't need aero bars. They sit up on their hoods, um, you know, there's a big market there that are not really probably interested in being that competitive um, and that's fine. And so there could be a segmentation of those fields uh, we see. Yeah. But it's definitely got to work for both the pros and the age groupers for us. It can't just be a pro thing. So Cause it's just not, that... it's not financially viable for you. Yeah. Of course. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first, you know, getting started in the first year or so for sure, for proving it out and um, you know, getting some traction, but um, yeah, long-term it's gotta, it's gotta be working for everyone. Where is the first race we're going to see that at this year? Yeah, so it was going to be this month. This is most likely now next month at Challenge Wanaka. Uh, we had um, we actually made a redesign. So Pat called out the devices look pretty big, and uh, that was that was fair um, on an earlier podcast in November. And um, we've we've slimmed down the front one quite a bit since then. So um, it was two point seven centimeters thick. Uh, we've we've got that down to one point nine now. And added a little bit of aero shaping. So, um, with that change, we've just pushed out a little bit, and they're currently being made and, and sent back to us, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, 20th of February, most likely Challenge Monica. So, um, in reality, um, a test at an event, we're not really going to learn much other than that user experience feedback of how the lights work. Because proper testing, we're doing it with a backpack on, with the devices connected, and, and logging a lot more data. So, um, it's it's as much for the world to see that this really exists as as to get uh, good value information for us. And and James, a uh, couple questions for you. Has have you guys been in in any communication with Iron Man? Are they receptible? Do they even care? Or are they just like ah oh, cool? We don't really care. Um, yeah, they they sort of um, acknowledge that we exist, which is cool. And you know, we've been working with Jimmy for quite a while. He's been really helpful over the years and giving us feedback and, and ideas. Um, we're coming to the point where we want to have those proper discussions and, and we've given them a heads up that we're going to make an announcement. There'll be more heads up that we're going to be doing some event testing. And after that, it's really, hey, where do we go from here with you guys and, and scale it up? I mean, I can see if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't believe all my claims I put out in November. They have to see it for real in the next few months. So I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty low on their radar if, if I was them. So, yeah. And then, and then another question for you is a, a, a big issue that's a lot bigger than drafting um, is, uh, and maybe you can explain to us how this works, is lead vehicles and uh, also motorcycles. How does your uh, system, Race Ranger, incorporate uh, motorcycles and lead vehicles? And c- can you adjust the distance for lead vehicles versus what uh, cyclists have or triathletes have? Yeah, so we we haven't added that yet, but it's definitely something we can do. Um, right now, what we'll be testing is, is a lights-only system. So it's just lights between athletes. It's not connected to the referees yet. We've built um, a skeleton app for the referees, but we haven't made that connection yet. Um, and then a next level, you know, other features we'll add, uh, live tracking. So you can actually track the athletes around the course um, as a spectator. But then also, yeah, looking at how we can put these things on the motorbikes and on, on vehicles, um, which will have applications for pro cycling as well. So yeah, definitely you can adjust those distances. I think as a lead motorbike, you need some sort of visual guide to know how close you are to the pack behind you. It must be pretty hard looking in those little mirrors. Uh, and, the, you know, the riders move pretty quick. So um, there'd be, in that situation, say for pro cycling, you'd, you'd only need one device on the on the riders, on the cyclists, uh, because they obviously wouldn't be measuring the distance between each other as well. So, yeah. James, I just go, I go back to the objective nature of this product. And if I was a professional athlete, I'd have to be pretty excited about something like this. Um, Unless you're a crap cyclist, of course. Well, right. But what's just, I mean, you know, draft, 
drafting is encouraged in the form of uh, racing that I used to do. So what, you know, but what, what, uh, what has just been the thoughts in the pro community and where have they, but where, what kind of feedback have you been getting? And it's, I, I, I guess I would be really, I'm really excited about this product. Is, and is that what you're hearing as well? Yeah. We've heard from a lot of people who are pretty excited about it. Um, a lot of them are kind of a bit cautious, like, is this really, is this real? It seems too good to be true. Um, like Tim Dom had comment, if it, if it does what it says on the box, awesome. Um, until they see it really working, it's sort of like a, a cool story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then there's the others that you, you don't really hear from who maybe they're a bit worried about it. So, um, yeah, and interesting. What, um, what will it take from your end to, if you've got, if you have a race that engages with your product, um, what does it look like? You know, if I'm, if I'm a professional athlete and I show up, how long does it take to put the device on my bike? How long does it take to remove? What is, what does that process look like? And, and, and I guess are the devices, do I have to turn them on before I go out or what does that, what does that entail? Yeah. If I'm racking my bike on Saturday, racing Sunday morning. Yep. So try to make it as simple as possible. So the devices are as tamper proof as we can make them. There's no buttons or USB ports or anything like that. Uh, we, we wirelessly recharge them, um, supply them fully charged. There's no on or off. Uh, basically, they turn on within a defined time period, within a defined area. So they know, they know they're in the transition area between 7 and 10 a.m. They'll, they'll come out of a deep sleep. And they'll then, um, you know, once you get outside that transition area onto the course, they'll start activating and working. So you don't have to do anything with them. You get given them in your race back, just like your timing chip. Um, often you'll have a timing chip or some sort of bracket you have to fit to your bike with zip ties. Um, so we've sort of modeled that. There'll be a bit of 3M tape, double-sided foam with some um, sticker on each side. We'll hold it in place and then you just, you know, put some simple zip ties around. And, you know, these are things you need to work through. There, are, there are, Every bike is different, right? So yeah. um, we're looking at possibly three or four different shaped uh, rear mounts, uh, which, you know, depending on the kind of, profile of the back of your seat tube we'll um yeah supply a different one but it should be should be like a five ten minute job max to, to put them on yourself um we'll be at the event to help if you have any issues yeah how um how often do you think athletes are in this infraction zone and i think you know and i think about technically when athletes are leaving t1 or entering t2 and they they enter that draft zone or you know, Mark's wife, unfortunately got a penalty during a feed, which what I would call, you know, I'll call it like a benign portion of the race. What do you think you're going to uncover when you start to see this time spent in the infraction zone? And do you think as a referee, you might have to really balloon that window open and say, okay, well, we thought we were looking for, you know, four or five infractions greater than 15 seconds. And it turns out we, we actually got 50 of these. So we might, do we, do you think you'll have to blow that sample size out or what do you think you're going to learn? Yeah. So we, um, we considered this, we obviously there's parts of the course where a rational referee won't give you a penalty right now. So you've got the first few kilometers of the bike, um, those feed zones, U-turns, uh, steep hills. So they'll all be um, defined before the race as non-police zones. So the system won't send legal information from those sure. areas. We won't call them out to the athletes because we don't want them to become draft legal areas. And then suddenly, break the pack up again. Um, but like, what will it tell us? I mean, it's, it's going to be, yeah. I mean, the app will, will work out who the worst are. So we won't see everything we can be recording it back in. But um, as a referee, we set up a working group with world triathlon and we actually brought Jimmy into that as well and had a couple of pretty detailed meetings on what do we actually want to see as a referee on this tablet, you know? And so it came down to just the worst offenders firstly. So we've shown them five or six athletes only at a moment in time and we're ranking them by their total, uh, sorry, their current illegal time in the last 15 minutes on a rolling average. And that's where we're going to start with. So if you've been drafting over the time for a minute and that ranks you in the top five, you're going to show up on this list. Yeah. And, and this, this might be a bit personal. You might not be able to talk about it. Um, and I know Jimmy personally, and uh, I would say this in front of him too. Jimmy really doesn't care or believe that, there's a draft effect after 12 meters. Him and I have had this conversation. He's had this conversation with pretty much any professional athlete. He's like, ah, nah, it's, it's racing. How receptive is world triathlon? Do, do a majority of the refs, or is it just kind of like, they're like, 
call uh, to our product or to the rules? Yes, to team? your product and also kind of just, uh, yeah, the whole concept. Also, also the distance. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're totally receptive to what we're doing. I mean, from World Triathlon perspective, they, they can see that this will be solved with technology at some point. And so they, they want to be you know, involved in what we're doing and, and understand it. Um, and, you know, if there are any alterations to be made to the rules or, you know, maybe there's an additional rule set. So you've got your, your standard rules and then, hey, if Race Ranger or similar technology is being used, then X, Y, Z. And there's actually not too many changes needed. Uh, and, they, yeah, they've been really receptive. They... They helped us come to the World Champs in Switzerland uh, a couple of years ago. Did some testing with our app there. Um, yeah, we, we have calls with them probably every month or two, checking on how things are going. And obviously, they helped us with the launch, got the, got the word out. So, um, I mean, it's going to, yeah, this this next six months is going to be pretty key with with how people get on board with it. And it's going to be exciting. And, and, and are you guys, I'm sure, working, assuming with the PTO, will you be at the Dallas Collins Cup and – Edmonton majors um yeah we'd like to get there I mean um Dylan McNeese my business partner we should probably call that one out he's um he's on the athlete board and is sort of part of forming that group so I've uh, got some good connections there we've, we've sort of been careful not to abuse that um too much I've, I've been the one sort of doing most of the fronting <laughs> the here and things and don't want to sort of um I guess make it look like it's a PTO totally thing but um yeah we, we'd love to be there if we can get there in time we've we've sort of got got a set of uh, 16 prototypes being made at the moment for this test. And if that goes well, we've got enough components to top that up to, to 50 athletes, um, which puts us in the ballpark of being able to do something there. So um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. The PTO guys are really, yeah, obviously yeah. PTO yeah. challenge. We're trifling, everyone's really receptive to it and yeah. into work. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Just going to Talbot's because obviously James is um, very very fairly not touching on trying to offer opinion on the drafted distances and why should he? That's not the product or the service he's offering. But for someone to say there's no drafting effect for a professional athlete riding at circa 45k an hour past 12 metres, it isn't just wrong. They're, they are actively avoiding hard data and evidence to the contrary. Like There, there are great studies out of Eindhoven University using CFD dynamics worked on by world tour teams. You know, like out to 30 metres, at 45k an hour you're still looking at you know a seven percent reduction it's l- ludicrous like to suggest that 12 meters there isn't and you ask any pro for anecdotal evidence when they well, slot you- into the pack you know you, you drop 80 watts if you're three or four riders back so yeah. this isn't related to the product but just to be clear to listeners you know do a little bit of research on some really good scientific studies what ironman say is is 12 meters is is not there is a massive advantage is what yeah. I'm saying. and and not only that this has been an ongoing issue i'm not just calling out jimmy um but this has been an ongoing issue with the referees at iron man uh there was even an instance and i want to say 2017 where luke mckenzie stood up in kona and said everyone's here can we just talk about this and he was completely shut down like within a second that's the great thing about this product is that it's, it's yeah. it makes It'll it objective re- and it makes it visible like the lights yeah. the, we, these races are filmed now you know if you've got a tv camera showing yeah. this light system the light system i think i don't know james about you but the light system almost sounds like 90 percent of the battle mm. the, the giving the penalties to the referee is just the the mechanism to stop people ignoring the lights because they yeah. there is a follow-up i don't know that the lights to me almost seem it yeah that's why I, we're starting yeah, lights only. It's it's like like an MVP, right? It's we try that. If everyone loves that and that's all we need, we'll go with that. So. Where my head goes to is is this could help just make triathlon so much cooler for TV. And I think about these these races that are being done on racetracks, and now all of a sudden you add these these draft zones, and it it almost is like the DRS stuff in F one. Um, it's just one more thing for the audience to pay attention to and to see what's going on. And and I think. Uh, you know, James, I really hope this works out. I'm, I'm hugely uh, bullish on it. And I think this would be an awesome step for, for uh, non-draft triathlon. And, and to close on that, James, do you, do you, are you guys working or do you have an API that live streams can pull data uh, for TV coverage? Not yet, but yeah, that's another one of our nice to haves coming down the line. So it'd be cool to have like that situation with Vincent Daytona you could have a graphic on the screen that <laughs> is showing it with, you know, 
yeah, 18 point yeah. five, 19 meters changing as it's happening. Presumably he was not... kind of more like he was more like eight point five, nine point five at that race. <laughs> he came on our show, mate. We we're now fans. We can't pretend. <laughs> you know, we got to take. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no. Um, and presumably that's actually a lot easier than it sounds. Like it's not a it's not a hardware change that because once that number yeah. of distance behind is projected away from the athlete, you can continue to develop that through software. You're essentially looking at software upgrading at that point, aren't you? Once you can project the distance between athletes away, then you're just in the software realm, I take it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy, easy configuration. We've, we're ready for races that might be 10 metres, 12 metres, 20 metres, and it's just a pre-race. And then to add graphics and stuff like that, it's just development of of how people use your data, essentially, or yeah, how yeah. you use your data. How we get it off the off the bikes to the... Yeah, to make it live really quick enough. Yeah, probably the challenge. I mean, if you can do TV coverage off the bikes, there's no reason why you can't project digital yeah. data off there as well. Pretty simply, it's exciting. I'm I'm really impressed, by the way, with the. It's a closed. It's a solid box. It charges wirelessly. It's given to the athlete. It automatically switches on. Because that was my big thing. Pat's for safety. I think Pat, you were a bit worried about safety. I'm I'm worried about them rattling off, and just I understand the. the there's just so if I'm on your guys's end and I'm trying to picture all the bikes and configurations, mm. it's like the minute you should have somebody show up with a 46 or a 48 centimeter bike, you're going to sit there with this box and go, where the heck am I going to put this thing? I'm just, I don't have any real, like, you know, there's just not a lot of spots to put them on. So um, that was my, that was my worry. Obviously, you know, it's, it's similar, like in the, in these big ASO races, they've got transponders on the back of saddles and they can't, they, it has been figured out. Right. And, and Velon mm. is putting GoPros on everybody's bikes. And, and these are things yep. that are, are happening. Um, but it's, it's not a, uh, it's not going to be just smooth sailing for you getting these mounted to all the bikes, you know, no, you're, definitely you're, not. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it, those are, those are things that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Like the hard challenges have been, you know, the electronics and software and i think this last part is is yeah it's still a challenge but um it's not it shouldn't be too hard to figure out and i mean we'll give people plenty of warning you know there'll be we can even send you know dummy units out and say hey this is what you can expect try and yeah. you know if you think you're gonna have issues try and fit this to your bike um, yeah if you could because i'm gonna yeah. i want to aftermarket a sort of carbon aero <laughs> shroud <laughs> For cat's bike, so when this first hits cat's bike, I'd love it just to slot into a little aero shroud. Yeah. I also love to work out how to switch one off if you get them in the age group fields because I've got no interest in, especially as Pat's had me pegged for dead last in Kona drafting <laughs> of all people. Yeah, um, yeah. that's probably one of the rules. One of the rules that probably does need amending is that if race range is being used, if you're caught trying to tamper with it, then um, that would be a disqualifiable offence. That's one of the only sort of major rules that's changed. Yeah, I was wondering um, what a giant magnet would do to it, sort of <laughs> thin to throw. It wouldn't thing. help. Yeah. You have to get one from the Looney Tunes, big acne magnet. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's, I, I'm really, athletes, I'm really pleased to see you try to reduce. Open, they're ripping open goo packages and squirting it on the sensor. Oh, Anything, wow. but I, I'm really pleased you tried to make it smaller. I mean, the first photos we saw were pretty chunky. That I've been on your website today, and the yeah. new CAD modeling you've got, it, it looks it looks workable. Like because the big ugly clunky ones, the other thing people have is bike manufacturers don't want these horrible things tainting the image of their bike with their very precious yeah. athletes. But if the new model, the very sleek, very futuristic looking tiny concept, it's workable. It's yeah. I've, I've, I've kind of converted. Yeah, I haven't got the new ones up on there yet, so you're still looking at the original stuff we put out. But, That's. Um, that's the old, but how so that's the 1.9 centimeters wide white. Oh, wow. So it's smaller than that as well now. Yeah. So what we're looking at is two point, the 2.7. We're coming down to 1.9 and, and some rounded front and rears as well. So very nice, particularly for that front one. And to your point about safety, um, yeah, we'd love to put the thing behind the fork or in front of it, but you get issues with that gun and the wheel then. So just slapping it on the side to start with is the most sort of safest place to put it, we think. James, how how can our how can our listeners help you out? How can they support you? How can they, you know, how can we keep this product growing and 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 working out yeah. and making it a real part of the triathlon future? Yeah, I guess um, talk to your event organizers about it and mention it and just say, hey, hey we're out with these guys because ultimately um, event companies are private companies and, and they, 
you're their customers as event athletes and um, maybe the pros don't feel that way very often, but um, you know, they should respond to what the market wants. And if the market wants this, then um, yeah, events that have it Great. will be more attractive than those that don't. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, James, thanks for coming on. Uh, I appreciate you continuing to maintain the integrity of our sport um, and growing into the future of triathlon. So cheers. And uh, we hope to see you soon. Thanks guys. Keep up the good thanks a lot, James. Really enjoyable. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Gotcha. See ya. So we're moving straight on. Um, yep. We're going to go on to a race that didn't look like it had any drafting, but did, we've got <laughs> no idea. We didn't see yep. any TV coverage. Um, we have the first race of the season and a few athletes came into transition together. Um, any surprises on the winners on today's race, Carl, or not at all? I think the women's field was probably the most impressive just because Barbara Riveros had won the last. I don't even know what race you guys are talking about. 70.3 oh, It's the biggest race of the year, Talbot. We got to yeah. let the listeners know. Come Sorry. On. 70.3 Pecan was today. We're recording on Sunday um, yep. and this was the first race of the year. So it's the first race, of the 2022 PTO rankings as well. So it's the first scoring mm. race. And um, the biggest name in the race was Javier Gomez by quite a big margin. Um, and then the women's field as Carl was going to go on to say, mate, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I just think that it's surprising that Barbara Riveros had won the last five 70.3 pecans. So 2015, 16, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, they obviously didn't have it from 2020 and 2021 due to the pandemic. So Barbara winning five races in a row and then uh, kind of getting getting beat by... Um, Luisa Batista yeah. coming straight off the Olympics, wasn't she? Yeah. So her first long course race. So we'll uh, look forward to seeing more long course pe- or short course people come to long good, course. Good this performance. Year. Looks like an honest run. It's, it's a relatively tough course. It's not an easy course by any means. And she's banged in a 119 run off the bike to take the win. Um, by a long way. She won by eight minutes. So let's watch out for Baptista coming out of Brazil. Um, quite a comfortable win for her with uh, Rivieros in second and Palacio in third from Argentina. Um, in the men's race, Kyle, you posted earlier, is Javi back on our on our Instagram page? I don't know if he really, really went away, but what he is, is he's now a long distance athlete, isn't he? This is what he said. He's on his fresh-looking new Orbea bike, which a few people messaged me like, oh, my God, why is Javi on Orbea? It, don't forget, it's a Spanish brand, and he's a Spanish athlete with Spanish sponsors. It's not a it's not a surprising move, and it's they're a very big bike company um, with money to spend on an athlete like Javi, and it's a decent bike. So if you haven't heard much of Orbea, it's just where you live in the world. Like, you know, you may not have heard of Lucy Charles's Cube, that's because you're not German. If you go to Germany, there's a lot of cubes in mainland Europe. Same applies to your bear. Um, Javi Gomez won with a 110.04 run off the bike. Really impressive. And he led basically sort of start to finish. He was at the front of the race with Tacone in third and Colici from Brazil in, sorry, in third and Tacone in second. So, so Javier Gomez running a 110 half marathon in January, does that, how does that bode for the rest of the season for him? Is that like... Too much too soon already, like being this fit? No. I, I think he's I mean, been in this game too long, hasn't he, to make that mistake? You, you got to – I mean, Kyle, you – let's not forget, um, he's 70.3 world champion. Uh, you know, he's he's been doing this distance for almost 10 years. Um, this is just – he can kind of wake up out of bed. He can be at 80%, and this is what he does. You know, he's, he's clearly um, – in the era of what is now there's no more uber bikers there's just you know 10 or 15 guys that can ride really really hard and they're all uber bikers he's maybe become a little bit exposed there um but you know i'm not sure that he's ever you know dedicated himself to being the strongest as as he can on the bike so i think maybe now that he's fully dedicated towards long course um we'll see we'll see some better performances out of them that are, that are in this realm. So no, I don't, I don't look at that. I don't know what, you know, what other stuff he has on his calendar and what he's, what his goals for the season are. Um, it would only make sense that we have him on the pod 
and maybe I've got to maybe I've got to ring that bell. Javier, you need to come on the pod, man. I mean, his position on. as well on that Albert looks really nice. There's yeah. some work's gone into that. It looks better than he ever looked on the Specialized. And now he might invest some time in those kind of details, yeah. which brings him up the biking world. Um, he's a lot of ladies' favourite in triathlon, I'm led to believe. <laughs> Javi is a very good-looking guy who's also <laughs> supposedly a very lovely bloke. So yeah, there's not not really much that's not going for him. He, he, I would, yeah. I'd love to see him really fight this out. Can he beat, you know, Blumenfeld? Yeah. It's going to take a hell of a ride, but, you know, depends what he wants yeah. to try and do. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to know what his what his goals and aspirations are. Obviously, I think he'd be a real threat uh, at these hundred k races that are coming up in Dallas and Edmonton. And you know, it's uh, the in in deep fields. You know, it, it the full Ironman distance has has been tough for him. But you know, it's it's tough for everybody. And he is he is arguably one of the most decorated triathletes in the world. So if there's anybody of all time, it, it's him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of all time, you know, he's yeah. he's just he's just fought through the eras against. Jan at one point and then Alistair Brownlee and then Johnny Brownlee and then but he's always there. Pat, how much do On have to pay him to keep him running in those trainers and not uh, not Nikes or Asics? Because those On shoes, you know, the, surely We're back on shoes. It's 2022 look, we're back look, on shoes. <laughs> we're going to start the year over left up. Look guys, um, these, these are not my opinions. These are facts. Uh, there's a lot of people that are sponsored by on that are in special shoes, whether it's the Olympic trials, whether it's the Olympics, they, they go to a competitor. Um, You know, maybe there's some people that love them. It's impossible for me not to think that he's hasn't run in a competitor shoe and thought, uh, do I need one of these for the big dance? Um, You know, I, I don't know his contract situation. I don't know if he's running other shoes. I just know that, anecdotally i know people that have run in the shoes that he's wearing and then they've run in what else is available on the market there's you know uh that kind of speaks for itself yeah yeah i mean you've summed up exactly what i was getting at it's this <laughs> it's the one weakness Javier gamers has if you ask me it's, but, it's the only hey. yeah that's the only place of exposure he's got i think um i i agree with you mark he he looked um his fit looks fantastic right now. And I'm not sure if that was something that, you know, if that happened on purpose, purpose, if that was on accident, I don't know any, you know, was he, was he courting Norbea for a long time? Was this, was this something that just, you know, obviously it makes sense. Um, and it is important to, to note, um, Orbea is Basque, Javier is Spanish. So while they reside in the same country, um, it is, it is two very different places. So, but, you're, you're I think wrong, it's Mark. also important to note that, and I'm not bashing any brands, but uh, I don't understand why Specialized couldn't finish it out with Javier. It bugs me a little bit. It's kind of like it's kind. I know Look. it's a touchy subject, but it's kind of like it's kind of like felt with Rennie. There's lots of it. Uh, it goes on, but I just I just wish some companies in our sport could just finish it out. Rennie's towards the no, end. But you just is here's probably the, like. I would never understand. I know. I'm just business. saying that I, I'm pretty shocked. Here's business. the thing we never. Here's the thing we never know. Uh, was he dropped? Did Orbea offer double? Was it we? And it's somewhere in between. And and you just these things you never know. And um, <sighs> but it's, it's just the age old story. It's like why couldn't Tom Brady stay with New England for his whole entire career? Because he's going to win another Super Bowl with the Bucks right. coming up shortly. Right. And it's important to remember Javier, Javier was on Cervelo. He's been on many different bikes before. Um, you know, he just happened to be on specialized for the longest amount of time. So, you know, does that, did we cover the race enough? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it's yeah. a, it's an early season one off only a couple of big names. We've got someone crossing across in the women's field that, you know, genuinely could be quite exciting. She's going to need to run a little bit faster than that against some of the big girls, but yeah. She is a very yeah. strong swimmer, though. She will lead a lot of 70.3s to come out of the water. So just watch out for that name if you are a weaker swimmer. And if you're a great swimmer, then you guys can work together for the first half of that bike. And just because the four of us are here and we're all kind of triathlon, you know, nerds, um, some other signings and anything that that caught people's attention and eye this week. I think Sam no, Long, I, I, Sam Long probably move into all American companies is probably the biggest. 
Sam Long oh. went so, so people haven't seen this Sam Long went to Trek for his bikes which hasn't been um I mean it's been a secret sort of but it's I yeah. think it's been fairly people obvious close new. yep yeah a zoot for his kit um envy wheels is he on as well he's on no, the he is, uh, DT, DT, swiss. Oh, dt swiss he's gone oh yes they put a whole post up for him dt swiss wheels yeah that's what sam long's done um i'm not sure about zoot for a suit i imagine they make him a custom one do they zoot the also picked suit? up matt hansen during the off season huh. you know i thought the the real interesting one that i saw today was javier with santini santini's getting back in the game because santini yeah. just sponsored ferrari formula one team again which they sponsored in the early 2000s so and then um you know and then obviously uh you know santini's got a great roster they got gustav eden um so I, it's i think it's awesome to see these you know really what i would call cycling specific brands um leaning in and, and looking for opportunity in the triathlon space so i think that 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 speaks volumes that that triathlon i mean it has, is a huge market isn't it i mean yeah, triathlon yeah. is a is a monstrous market um it's yeah it's like hundreds of thousands of people yeah, maybe strong. like a thousand people. I mean, what are the bikes? But what other bike changes have we had? We have many announced them yet. It's that, it's that sort of time of year, isn't it? Nah, we'll start to get a couple. So yeah, Sarah Perez Sala is on uh, Canyon as well. After... Yeah, but that's a purchase Canyon, isn't it? I think doesn't look yeah. like a sponsored deal that because uh, it looks like a lovely fit. By the way, have you seen this, Pat? Me and you gave the, Sarah the, the Perez. The fit games have tightened up. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, there's not, I think... there's not a lot of. I I I, I take back everything I said. Um, well, no, I think she should say thank you. I presume she heard that's the show. true. That's true. She liked the our constructive. Is, does, does Magnus Ditlev has a bike sponsor yet? Yeah, he's on Ventum. Oh, uh, he is. No, he's not. No, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh. About to give me a heart <laughs> oh, attack. Wow. About to give me a heart attack. <laughs> no, All right. I, I think, I, we're, getting, I I think like... we're getting a little silly. Go ahead, Tom. No, I, would, I, I, I got a good one. I got a good question off topic. Are the leaving partner post necessary breaking up with sponsors necessary i think if they're genuine i really like them if you know it's fake i hate them so there are some that you see them and you think that seems genuine and then there are some that you think that's false and if, i always think it's it's genuine when a, a big athlete leaves a small brand to go to a bigger brand because they help them on the journey when you see an athlete leave a giant brand to go to a small or lower performing brand, I always think, yeah, you've been dropped and uh, and this post isn't necessary. But Pat's Pat's hiding his hands because he is an athlete manager. So um, do, you, do they have to do these posts, Pat? No, the answer is no. And I always say uh, my rule of thumb is you just don't do them. And the reason is, is that whether you're stepping up, stepping down, flicked, not flicked, uh, it just you never want to draw attention to your rear view mirror. You always want to say where you're going. And so I would just advise people to always just be super excited about their new partner and privately uh, thank who they've been with and be incredibly gracious, no matter what terms it's, it's left on um, whether it was, you know, positive, negative, all you can do is just say, thank you for the amazing support. Uh, I've been, it's been an absolute pleasure, but no, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the you know thank you I hate to, the, to the last five years. So I yeah, hate just, him. I... Yeah, yeah. So Joe Skip has left Quintana Roo, so he's it, we're waiting to see what he's on. He did a, a big like thank you leaving post, and it that was the one probably the only one that I quite liked. Like because I know you know Joe, you know it's either it's either real or it's just not yeah, happened. Sure. Sure. So there was, and then, then Quintana Roo replied to him and he took, you know, he talks about some of the great records he's done on that bike. Um, but in general, I agree with Pat. I sorry, Talbot, I find them really cringeworthy most of the time. You know, guys, I you think- ain't gonna, we... You ain't gonna post that you and your girlfriend broke up. Thanks for the memories kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I did that. <laughs> that, takes, that takes a brave man to do. Oh, Thanks to all my ex-girlfriends for all the great memories. I'm actually getting married now. So oh, yeah, that's, that's a, a that's great that's in great school. That's yeah, that's in grade one and two. Wow. You, you you post your ex-girlfriend and you say that it was over. Oh mm. man. Or she um, cheated on you. Well we have a we have a big uh we have a big season coming up. Guys, can we I mean, we, we haven't we didn't settle this on text on our text thread? Can we do with the, I'd love to know, does the audience want to hear a 2022 prediction show kind of similar to our 21 wrap up show, but like what are our predictions for 22? I think it's an excellent idea. I think it's a really, really good idea. Really good show. And, and I 
Yeah, guys, I was going to say, Carl, we've, we've got some changes. So we're going to publish a calendar, are we, of when we're planning on dropping shows? Yeah. Um, Carl's done a lot of work. We've got a lot of guests lined up. We've got dates in the calendar of when we're recording because we've taken on board the criticism that actually one of our big flaws has been consistency and predictability of when we're dropping podcasts. Yeah. And that's not Kyle producing the podcast. Nine times out of ten, that's me, Pat, Talbot, <laughs> one of us flaking out, changing yeah. the date and messing around. So we've committed. <laughs> we're recording on Sundays. We've got yeah. a calendar. We've got guests. Yeah. We'll let you know when they're coming out. That's the plan, isn't it, guys? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. And that's then right. once racing starts, Sunday may or may not flex a little bit. We may go later in the day, things like that, just so then that way we can record it. It's Catch fresh. The and the then push, yep. push it out in the beginning of the week so that you can listen to it throughout the week or the weekend and get ready for the next yep. weekend of racing. So yep. next yep. week and, we have – uh, One other thing I was going to add on there, and Kyle and Pat were probably about to hit on this, is this is – uh, in my opinion, going to be the greatest, one of the greatest years of racing. Uh, there is going to be so many freaking races and getting to these races is quite costly and expensive. Uh, and so this next year we do plan to bring on some, uh, some sponsors, some paid help. So uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know if you're listening. Uh, we would no, be we'll, in we'll go metaverse. Uh, we'll go metaverse for this. Yeah, show. we'll go straight metaverse. And, and, <laughs> and I don't know if Tim Cook is listening, but we are looking for sponsors um, and, and not, not really just sponsors to, but really Kyle's invests a lot of time into this. Uh, yeah. We always no, have fun here. Don't forget and, about and the money I've invested. Yeah. And I True. think, I think the biggest thing is uh, Talbot, you know, sponsors, but we we're looking for <clears throat> genuine partners. We're looking for, for people that are fans of the show that want to, you know, if there's a product that you want to sell that you think uh, could, could improve Kyle's life. Uh, we we want to hear about it. Yeah, true. And even if there's business owners out there, we don't care if you're yeah. a travel no, agent think- or whatever it is. Yeah, just uh, we we would just love to continue. Also, get Kyle, Pat, Mark. If, if there's a European Championship and Cat's not going, if we could get Mark over there. If, if Patrick's not going to pay for Mark, then we might as well have to, I guess, shell out some the, money to him. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, it's clearly we need. Uh, Mark needs a tool sponsor after the way the way I saw him building Cat's bike in a kitchen. I was I was ready to vomit. Um, we, we need no no, have, no no no. That's only because the garage isn't heated. So what oh, I need okay, is a heating okay. sponsor for okay, the garage. All right, all don't right, worry. Right. There's a workshop. Right. The we worst. It's just bloody right. freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. What is going? So on? we don't need we don't need to hit up Park Tool for a new. Uh, oh no! I'll take that. We'll okay. I'll take it. <laughs> And when we said about benefiting Kyle, I just thought, have we got like a mail order bride service in order? We can get Kyle a girlfriend. Up same and... thing. Yeah, anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oh, man. No, look, I think but, but, I think that we're really excited for the 2022 season, the 2022 shows that are going to accompany it. And um, let's go. And, and 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 to add on to that. <laughs> a big... <laughs> A big complaint. It's an honorable mention. An honorable mention. An honorable mention. No, something that there was a lot of criticism about was last year people were like, oh, well, Laura Philp didn't even race the best of the best. No, this person didn't even race any no names. (laughs) I mean, it is literally impossible to dodge athletes next year. It is going to be an insane year. There is oh, so you're many... able to just end the show, aren't you? When Pat finished it nicely before Talbot went on a run, are you able to just cut it? No, say we, we ended it. No, there? we need we need uh, we need to make sure it's a little longer. So go ahead, Talbot. Okay. Keep keep get your soapbox no, back I, out. But, Let's but go. Do, do you guys not do you guys not agree that it would be impossible for athletes to dodge each other next year? I you mean, there is so many opportunities no, next year that the best of the best are going to gather in one race, one location, and go head to head. I have There's good, five good, times. Five yeah, times. I've got good. You're either going to have I... a lot of people injured. You're either going to have a lot of this people injured from racing too much, or you're going to have some great quality racing. That's it. Close Thanks it for listening to Pro Try News. We'll be recording again next Sunday, where we have a new guest on. Carl will be dropping the calendar on our Instagram page throughout the week, just so you've got a rough idea of the next few months. And uh, we look forward to you tuning in then. Thanks a lot. <laughs>